for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And it's Jay. Okay, so what we have for you today is um, Dave Lozo wrote an article that has, uh, it's entitled, How to Fix the NHL, a League That's Broken. One of the things that NHL fans spend most of their time doing, probably more time than actually watching hockey games, is complaining about hockey games, complaining about rules that should be changed, complaining about calls they should have gone the other way. And so because of this, this article caught our eye. And now it would take forever for us to go through all, I think he had 42, it's, it's more than 40, I think it was 42 rule changes. It would just take forever. Um, so you can go read the whole article yourself. It's easy. Just Google Dave Lozo rule change. It'll come right up. And what we are going to do is Jay and I have each selected five of the, the options that he gives. Um, and we're going to talk about either if we agree with him, if we if it's something where we, you know, we completely disagree with him. Or maybe we just think this is definitely something we should change, but we have a different idea for a solution. OK, so think of this like a kind of a spot check, you know, like don't don't get us wrong. We, we know Lozo is pretty smart, but, you know, at the end of the day, someone needs to get, you know, edited right? A, a little bit of an audit just to make sure that they're still doing a great job. So think of this as just a, you know, a, a, a friendly perusal, you know, like, like if, if Rozo is the one who's writing drunk, we are the ones who are editing mildly buzzed. So <laughs> yeah. So, so make sure uh, after this, make sure to go into either the article page on whim, uh, give us your comments, give us your feedback. What do you think? Um, or, uh, you know, every time we post this, it gets put up on Twitter, so you can uh, you can reply on there. Um, so, Jay, since I introduced this, I am going to let you have the first one. So what do you got? Well, it's funny because it's actually the first one that starts off the article, which is get rid of the salary cap. And um, first of all, shout out to uh, uh, Tyler, my friend, Triple D Tyler, because a long time ago we made a video where we jokingly called it the celery cap, which is just a baseball cap with a piece of celery on it but we actually were just saying salary cap wrong. But yes, I think we need to get rid of the salary cap. I think it's time that the league decides to get a little bit more creative with the revenue that they're getting out of all of this. And uh, let's um, let's have some fun, shall we? I think, um, you know, based on my past 18 uh, NHL excursions on the video games, I've always played with the salary cap off because I should not be shackled by this little thing called parody by creating some super team to be able to, destroy the wasteland with. So yes, I agree that the salary cap should be completely abolished or replaced with something similar. Like, you know, I don't see why we can't go to a baseball model, you know, a bit of a luxury tax scenario where stuff goes on. I mean, just recently I was looking at the, at the Zetterberg contract and noticed how this was, I think next year is when he goes down to only 3 million. And then after that, or like three and a half million. And then after that, it's a million and a million. So, you know, it's, 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 I think it's a thinking man's game that needs to be a dumb man's game. So. I'm done. I'm I'm also done with the salary cap. I I actually don't agree. I disagree on this one because. Okay. All right. Well, good interview. All right. Anyways, next. <laughs> because I 
when, when I was growing up, I watched I watched baseball pretty much all the time. And the reason I stopped watching baseball was because there was two or three teams every year that were going to win. Obviously, there's every now and then you have a team come out of nowhere and win. But, the, you know, the, the, the top teams are going to win. The Yankees are going to spend $800 billion. They're going to get all the best players. And then as time went on, you started to have a couple other teams, you know, kind of get into this model of spending as much as they can. And for me as a fan, it really took away the enjoyment. I just I, – I, I didn't find it as fun anymore. Um I think the the problem would be that the good thing that could come out of it is that you could have very high powered teams. You could have like your super teams, but the problem with that is it's great if you're a fan of that team, but it's not so much fun if you're a fan of another team because yeah, it would be great to watch a line of, uh, you know, Connor McDavid, Johnny Goudreau and uh, Austin Matthews. That would be really fun to watch, but not when they're playing your team. It would get old after a while. So with all due respect, which sure. <laughs> I always I always yeah. say that because I always love that line um, because it's basically like saying F you uh, <laughs> with all due respect. It's like basically you can just say with no respect. So, um, yeah. I, I am using it the way it's intended to be used. I am using that, you know, I, I do value your opinion. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, just sure, I'm sure you are. I'm sure I you are. <laughs> um, okay, so my first one is number three on our list, which is get rid of fighting. Because I think that this this is a tough one for me. Because when I, you know, my, my formative years in hockey was during the, like, the 80s and the 90s when – we had, you know, Scott Stevens with these huge hits. We had, you know, huge hits all over the place. We had a lot more fighting. And it's tough because on one hand, watching something like that, watching a big hit, watching a fight, it gives us, it boosts our adrenaline and it makes us feel something. It, like it, 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 it it's 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 like a it's like those games with the microtransactions where it you know it, it it hits something in your brain and releases some dopamine and like makes you want more of it. But at the same time, these players are number one. They're getting hurt, but number two, they are needlessly having consequences, medical consequences after their careers are over. It's already a dangerous game. As much as I, as a fan on an instinctual kind of like a gut level, I love watching a good fight. The intellectual side of me kind of overrides it here. And I say we, we at this point, knowing what we know now about head injuries and CTE and all that, like this is a no brainer. We have to get rid of this. Yeah, you're right. It is a tough one. I would uh, my I guess my rebuttal is that yes we get rid of it or if people are going to insist on keeping it why don't peter why don't we incentivize a little bit how about we get rid of the instigator and how about whoever wins doesn't get the penalty how about that whoever loses you have to sit because if we're gonna make fighting out to be this macho stupid i have to stand my ground thing actually give guys a reason to actually do it or maybe you figure out like hey instead you know yeah both guys sit but Maybe you know, hey, if you win, your team gets an extra timeout or something. Like I, I don't like. I don't think the direct. All you've done with the fight is delay gameplay, which is hilarious because you know I'm trying to watch a game here and like okay, so the fight is supposed to be what like this side attraction. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, I was really enjoying that tic-tac-toe passing, but I really need a break from all of this perfect hockey <laughs> playing. And I kind of need somebody to smash his fist into another guy's face. So, so, know, I, so basically your solution is to incentivize hitting people in the head. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, it, definitely. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. No, I, I don't know. I, if that's the way I made it sound, then I was doing it purely for comedic effect because I think that I think it is a, a, a cartoonish problem already. And, you know, there's only so many times where I can sit and watch like, you know, Luke Gritkowski drop the gloves and like find some sort of entertainment about it. Right. Or derive some sort of enjoyment. Spoiler alert, I don't. And even even when I do see it the other time, I mean, heck, what are the – before – okay, so what is the – Pete, just real quick. What is the utilitarian purpose of fighting right now? Just to, like, make up for something, right? Like, oh, you hit him, so I have to fight you to make sure you know what you did. Like, what what is the actual purpose right now? Because you got feelings that you can't – like, geez, you know, instead of, you know, actually putting a lot more work ethic and maybe skating a little bit harder and going – going a little bit harder for those pucks in the corner and maybe generating more scoring chance. I'd rather just beat somebody up. Right. I mean, like other than the stage fights where it's, you know, they're, they're circling, you know, they're, they're getting ready for the game. The puck drops, they drop their gloves and they start punching. I mean, that's, that's a stage fight to me. That's different. The ones that, that come out of the game, they come out of the flow of the game, even though I'm completely against the idea that every big, every big hit has to have a fight after it. I I don't see that at all. But at the same time, like think back to and, you know, I mean, for 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 our fans out there who are Red Wings fans, which I know is is much of our audience. I don't mean to bring back bad memories, you know, but think about the Claude Lemieux play. Watching that as a fan, you see that dirty hit and you're like, I want somebody to punch his face in. Now, imagine you're out there on the ice and that happens to your friend. You're going to like you're going to have the same reaction that we do as fans, but even more, even more so because you're you're closer to the action and you can actually do something about it. So I completely understand why fights like that happen, why fights like that happen after dirty plays, after um, big checks, but ones that are that are dirty, not not legal ones like on, on some level. I understand that. And and if we weren't if we didn't know what we know about head injuries, like I was saying before, if we didn't know what we know about the effects of it, I would be perfectly fine with allowing with allowing that. I think that's my biggest issue is like we know what the cause we know what's happens based on these people punching themselves in the head to give us enjoyment. We know what the outcome is and it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, again, look look at the the fact that the the league exists in such a way that's like these plays are going to happen and we are going to allow people to continue to play like that. So then it becomes like a well, he's going to make that hit and then he's just going to be allowed to play tomorrow or the next mm-hmm. day. So maybe we should try and dissuade him from ever doing that again. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about preserving a player or a team's right to inflict some sort of repercussive act against somebody for being adult, mm. then I'm sure we could maybe have a deeper conversation about what they're able to do about that. Like, hey, at the end of a game, the team is allowed to review a player at the end of it. And if the team, you know, if the player gets below a C rating, you know, the player is asked to, you know, to sit down or something. I mean, obviously it'd be a CBA nightmare to do, but, you know, I think that, yeah, under the current circumstances, it's, 
obviously that person is going to continue to play recklessly. So it's maybe a judgment on, you know, maybe it's like, I can see how it, it was born out of like a gentleman's respect. Like, listen, we're trying to play a game here. No reason to get obnoxious, eh? You know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you dust up a few, start feeding them the right and left, and then you start playing hockey again. But now I think it just comes back to like, oh, we need to sway momentum or just, we need to just hurt. And it's like, nope, mm-mm, no, that's not what we should do. I think, okay, yeah, all right. I'm, again, I'm still, I, I'm for it. I'm for the getting rid of the fighting and the punching and the how. Okay, um, so what's your next all right, one? So next one, let's talk draft, folks, and getting rid of it as soon as possible. So I think this is another thing that Lozo is actually extremely right on. And Pete, if you disagree, I will be fighting you forever. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I am totally for the uh, 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 getting rid of the draft. I think in its current state, it's a complete joke. Uh, I would be uh, excited and uh, elated to be in charge of coming up with what I call a super mega hockey, a super mega hockey signing week, which mm-hmm. is, you know, w- players get to declare like, hey, I'd like to join an NHL team, either through some collective bargaining agreement or agents agreement thing, like to stay like, hey, uh, I'm not going to go to college anymore. So I like to play in the NHL, thus putting, you know, everybody gets to do that. You have to submit by a certain day. And then for one shining week in July, one week, an actual week, we're talking from like Monday to Sunday, uh, NHL teams get to make their pitch however the heck they want to do it. If they want to fly them out to the Hamptons and treat them to a nice lobster dinner and tell them how great it would be to play for the Islanders, they can do all that. They can do all of that. But at the conclusion of that week, the player is contractually, legally obligated to accept an offer from one of those things. So no more of this like, oh, I'll be dined around town and then oh, I might make a decision, but then he'll continue to postpone. If you enter into super mega hockey drafting week, you're like at the end of the week, hmm. all of your stuff on the table, you have to sign with somebody. And so, then yeah. <laughs> if it's your first, first day at mega hockey drafting week, you have to get drafted. You, you have to, ju- you have to get drafted. Yeah. I, so uh, I yeah, think- I'm yeah. Get rid of it. I would be on board with this in combination with other things. For example, I think one of the things that, that's coming up later, and I forget if this is one that I had on my list, is a change to free agency so that players can control their own destiny far sooner, because I think that would be huge. Because right now, players come in, they're on an ELC for three years, and it basically limits their earning potential for some of these players when they're actually at the the height of their their powers because the the aging curve research shows a you know the aging data shows us that and again this is on average this is not every single player but on average an NHL player's peak is roughly about the age of 24 and so these players are putting up some of their best production and they're getting paid 925,000 or whatever it is so i think that if we if we change some of the other rules, I think this would really make sense. Uh, for example, you know, if you take away the salary cap and then you take away the draft, there's the potential that some team could just, you know, every year get the best new player. Now, the problem with that is that there's only so many there's only so many roster spots. So I think I'm open to this, but I think I would have to I would have to see the totality of what all the changes are. I, I'm not I'm not against this idea. Okay. I, I just think there has to be something in place so that we have to make sure that it's not just like Toronto has nine players that are first team all-stars. 
because they're spending $200 million a year and they're just buying everybody. And, and, and I'm sure there are ways that we could, we could do that. Um, so before I get to my next one, um, throughout this article, Dave Lozo put in uh, a couple of reader suggestions. People sent in reader suggestions. So I'm going to read one of these. And Jay, if you want to take a look as we're going, if you want to add one of these at some point later, um, then, then we kind of have a bonus one. So this is one that I agree wholeheartedly with. This is from a reader named Rachel, uh, who is at Props Pony on Twitter. Remove the blackout on the streaming service. I am so in favor of this because oh, yeah. Yeah. I live I live in northern New Jersey. I am in the blackout range for the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, and then sometimes either Boston or Philadelphia, depending on the day. Also, if like let's say I get NHL TV or or any, you know, centerize, whatever, like I have NHL TV, I think that's the streaming version. I cannot watch a game if they're playing. Any of the metro area teams, like I said, sometimes Boston. I'm not very close to Boston either. Or if it's on a national, if it's on NHL Network, if it's on NBCSN, if it's on NBC. So I'm paying the same amount of everybody else. And there's tons of games that I cannot watch. So I think if you're paying the money, you should be able to watch the game. I agree. There's really nothing else to argue here. You laid it out completely. (laughs) Just make it happen already. Okay. So my next real one is number 11, which is referees must explain every video review review ruling. I think this is a no brainer. I have no idea why this isn't already happening. If something, if, if, uh, you know, if, if the play is happening and then the whistle blows and there's a stoppage, the, the public address announcer should come on and tell the, the arena what is happening. You know, it could be the plays, you know, sometimes they, they will do it. You know, the play is being reviewed for blah, blah, blah. Um, so they need to they need to come on and make sure that happens because there has been times where play was stopped for like 10 minutes and everybody in the arena had absolutely no idea what's happening. But at the same time, at the end, if they're having, for example, goaltender interference reviews, which has been a very big uh, subject for discussion. At the end of the review, the the referee needs to tell the the people exactly what happened. The you know the call on the ice was that it's a goal. The call is being overturned for goaltender interference, and here's why. Here's what happened: the player was in the crease. He was not pushed in by the defenseman. He went in on his own, and he made contact with the goalie, which prevented the goalie from playing the puck. Great. Like, I'm not saying that that would fix everything with goaltender interference, but at the same time, that would take a lot of the problem that we currently have away if they did that. I I agree. I'm I'm mostly just still really annoyed. Uh, just period, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just there's there's a lot to to. Uh, mm. These are good things, right? Mm. These are good things to change, mm. Pete. There's. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I th- I think the other the other thing that we need to talk about, Peter, and I mm. think this is a serious one. Okay. Jerseys. You know okay. I'm the jersey guy, right? Yeah. You know I'm, I'm the jersey guy. I'm a guy who loves jerseys. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The NHL doesn't like that uh the 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 this little thing called tradition and um and 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 uh the 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 stoic awesomeness that is like the home team wears white. That's like the like every cleanest awesome jersey mm-hmm. in the history of the league has been their their home whites. Hmm. I think the Red Wings is is 
iconic. The Blackhawks are fine. The the Canadians look great. The Maple Leafs are great. Everything looks great. But I'm coming at this from another angle because my colorblindness is just the worst. It's mm-hmm. just the worst. And there's just something about having to watch these solid blocks of human mass skate against other blocks of solid mm-hmm. human mass. I can't tell the difference between which. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what's funny is how the NHL is behind NHL 18 in this regard because when you're playing teams in the video game, you are auto-locked to, if you are the away team, you are wearing a, a completely different color than what the home team is wearing. Mm. It, it helps tremendously to follow the game, but not only pl- that, but play the game too. Mm. So uh, I am all for the jerseys going back to where they originally were. Home team wears white and then uh, letting the other team wallow in misery as they lose on the road to the team that is now wearing white. So, yeah, I have, I have absolutely no problem with that. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go with my next one because, like I said, I, I don't have, have have really anything to say. Yeah, it's uh, nice. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like we went through this and said Lozo was wrong in every one. Oh, we sure, just like yeah. to bring up a you know bring up a couple yeah. to be like, hey, these are these are pretty good. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number okay, so my next one is number thirteen. And honestly, as I went through, uh, just a little peek behind the curtain. So before before we started recording this segment, Jay and I went through and we wrote down. Which, which ones we wanted to talk about. And I had a list of, I think, 12. Uh, and obviously I had to narrow it down to five. And so a lot, like, I, I kept this one because it's connected to some of the other ones. Like, for example, I'm just going to touch on it really quickly. No, the one I picked is no more in-game coach interviews. The, the one after, which is number 14, is no more in-game between period player interviews, which, again, I think is kind of the same thing. So I am I am completely on board with no more in-game coach interviews. The guy's trying to do his job. He's trying to coach the team. He's paying attention. He doesn't need Pierre Maguire asking him where he went to college. He doesn't need, he doesn't need this guy asking him, Oh, Hey, so, uh, so they scored three goals on you. So um, how does that affect your game plan? You know, well, uh, you know, we need to get pucks deep. We need to get back to, you know, like it's, it's never anything good. It's never anything interesting. So just get rid of it. Who cares? I do not care about this. Get rid of it. That's the end. I think that's a no-brainer. Well, duh. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) All right, moving on. Um, Yeah, yeah, moving on to our next one. And I really love this one, and this has actually been something that I've always wondered since the the dawn of man. Three-on-three overtime. Uh, go until someone scores. I want this so bad, and I wanted this several years ago when it was four on four. Before, uh, just you already paid the money. Mm. You're already parked downtown. You're already up watching the game. What's the problem with playing until someone scores during the natural course of how hockey is played? Why do we have to whittle it down to some stupid like skills competition that completely destroys what you like about the game anyway? Mm. You know, like how do you how do you even justify like yes, the, you know, again, it hasn't happened yet, but again, we all this is currently we are in the age of anything can happen. Mm. So for all we, for all we know, excuse me, uh, the, the, it could change that in the playoffs games could be decided by shootout. I mean, they're already, you know, I, I was still watching. Uh, I remember watching the gold medal game for team USA for the women's and they won in a shootout. All right. 
Now, obviously, whoever was on the losing side of that was going to bemoan that a mm-hmm. shootout is the reason that they won and that it doesn't really count with air quotes, full finger air quotes mm-hmm. in it, where it's like, if it, if you were the team that won, you'd be patting the other person over like, oh, it's okay. Those are the rules. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm all in favor of, listen, if the rules are what they are, you can't complain about how the game has come out. But if we're all going to agree that it's an egregious uh, decision to have meaningful hockey games be decided by a non-natural part or a, at least, I mean, it is a natural part, but it's, but it, the whole idea is that it doesn't happen so consistently enough. I mean, if it happened consistently enough, Connor McDavid will be leading the league with 100 million points because he's the fastest skater and he gets breakouts all the time. Right. So, but yeah, I, I still think that, listen, I don't have any place to be. I already made the time of my, of my day be, I'm going to be here to watch hockey and I want a, a natural result during the course of hockey. So please score, skate three on three until the cows come home. At least the game will be decided in a way that is both palatable to you and to me. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's not great radio. It's not great. Uh, it's not great podcast podcasting, but you know what? I agree. I, I, I don't see any reason to, to disagree with that. So I'm just going to move on to my next one, which is number 16 unrestricted free agency begins two years after your entry level deal expires. So I really think that maybe not this specifically, but I think there needs to be a series of rule changes or, you know, like, like uh, this, this, part of the CBA needs to be changed where players need to be able to get paid earlier. Because like I said before, there are players that put up huge numbers and they're making under a million dollars and that's great for teams. And right now teams should exploit that Teams should exploit that. But at the same time, they should fix it because just one real world example is we saw this past summer the the saga with Andreas Athanasiu, and he is somebody who probably deserves a, at least a little more than than what he was was scheduled to get. I I totally understand why somebody in that position would be frustrated, and I think that one of the biggest flaws that we have in our whole system is that players are basically screwed over for almost the first half of their career. And what that ends up leading to is it has a ripple effect because then we see that when players are finally able to get their big free agent deal, they're finally able to cash in. What ends up happening is that GMs then have to give them um, like, for example, I'll use another Red Wings example. One of my favorite players ever, Franz Nielsen. I will still defend this contract, even though I know other people will not. Uh, the short version of my defense is that with Datsuk leaving and Dylan Larkin at that point, not ready to really step up as a full-time center. Uh, we really needed to get another center and Stamkos went to, he stayed with Tampa Bay. Nielsen was the best available option. Did we overpay? Yeah, we did. Definitely in term, maybe even in salary, but the problem with that is that that's the way the system works because Franz Nielsen was going to get that from somebody. Somebody was going to give that to him. And the reason why is because players don't make enough early. So they're forced to go for this big payday down the road where what ends up happening is that teams end up on the hook for the last 
couple years of of their contract at a at a at a really terrible price. And so if we allowed these players to get paid early, my view is that it, it actually helped down the road with these kind of free agent contracts. I think they'd be able to be much more reasonable because the players have already made a decent amount of money and they don't have to try to make everything for them to live on after they retire in one contract. What do you think? I agree. And I think the other aspect of this is that concerning where the game is going down now, why are we burning a player's prime years solely just for team control? Like regardless of what position that team is in. I mean, I feel like if a player is good enough, he should at least have some sort of option to be able to play somewhere a, where he wants to play, like get offers from places. But then, you know, obviously get the payday he deserves because he's making the, the highest impact, the most impact. I mean, again, there are those discussions that need to be made with, you know, that's that's obviously for him and the, and the agent to, to talk about how they want to, you know, how they either get sold or paraded about the league in order to get sane and whatnot. But, mm. you know, I, I'm, you know, this, this whole thing, it's like we got to keep you under control and just there's – I think there's a lot of just play the game that gets lost when all this stuff gets in the way, right? Mm. And I, I'm totally, I'm totally on board mm. with with these players being able to prove their worth and then get get paid for it. Mm. Otherwise, it's just like, listen, you just stick around, and then what? You've lost a step, but you have the money. Is that really what we want to be preaching? Mm. Is the reason you play the game? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh, my other one is. Um, the uh, trade deadline, uh, Lozo says it should be a week before the regular season ends. I love this idea. I do, too. Uh, for, I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is brilliant. I think it would be really humorous because, like, let's say for, you know, and again, uh, what, Pete, it's weird. We always have these examples for Red Wings. It's like they're our team. <laughs> something. But let's say the Red Wings were in a heaven forbid playoff contending position right now. And now the news breaks that Mike Green is down for the season because he's getting surgery on his on his neck, right? Hmm. Like if we were in position, we'd be screwed, wouldn't we? Right? Yes. Like he, he's down, he's down for the count. Yeah. And we're trying to make this push for the playoffs. Heck, we may even be in the playoffs at this point and something like this happens. Well, can't do anything. Might as well just try and play with, you know, six defensemen and hope to God that none of the other teams play physical enough to try and rough us up or oh, hey, we're going to be Calling up, uh, you know, Joe Hicketts when he should have been up for a while now, and go from there. So yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with the deadline being a week before the season ends, uh, just to see what kind of like another like, hey, with a week to go, the Winnipeg Jets have landed Steven Stamkos in a blockbuster last minute deal. Like, wait a minute, what? Ah, oh. and just think of how awesome it would be for all of Trade Center to just be like, you mean we have to go? The entire season until the last <laughs> week. Like Bob McKenzie would retire. He'd be, yeah. he'd be like, I'm out, I'm out. And then Drager would be like yeah. in the corner in the fetal position going like, confirmed. He'd be like, um, confirmed. Um, um, uh, my, my cottage, have you, have you heard about my cottage? <laughs> I need <laughs> – I always love that how like all the insiders have their cottages. Yep. I, Secret hockey cottages with their where they where they go and commune with the hockey spirits to divine their trade making deals. It's great. I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's just the word. Like it, it makes it. It's just such a funny word to me. Cottage. <laughs> I guess maybe, there's a cheese named after it too. So. All right. So my I, I think that that was your last one, right? That was your fifth one. That was yeah. That was my okay. last one. Yeah. So I have I have one more. If you want, 
while I'm talking, if you want to go through and you want to look at the reader ones that they send in, if you if you want to end sure. with one of those, uh, if not, that's fine. You have to see one. So my last one, and this is this is in conjunction with the one about banning fighting. Uh, I, I was going to just pick one of them, but I thought that they're, they're both so important. So number 29, any head contact results in an ejection and is reviewable. This one, again, this one is kind of tough for me because there are circumstances where there legitimately can be accidental head contact, accidental contact to the head. So mm. I'm not 100% sure if I'm on board with this as written, but I am definitely on the board. I'm definitely on board with any kind of head contact that is not clearly accidental is just you're gone. And and the reason why I say this, like I can understand the kind of the pushback on this. I can understand people saying, well, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the guy bends down and that's only the only way to hit him. But it's like we need however we have to do it. We need to get rid of hits to the head. Just like I said before with fighting, we need to get rid of this. Like this is this is something that needs to be out of the game. And I am on board for however we can do this. I am totally open to different suggestions for doing it. But this is something that needs to be addressed. Because, again, it drives me crazy when somebody does a predatory hit and they end up getting either a warning or a two-game suspension because they say, well, the other player wasn't badly hurt. It's like... Well, I mean, let's be thankful that we don't have another Mark Savard situation, but that's kind of missing the point. It is. The point is not that the player wasn't hurt. The point is that the player could have been hurt, like very reasonably. It's not it's not you don't have to stretch the, uh, you know, stretch the the uh, the limits of your imagination very far to imagine that this could have ended catastrophically. And. The league just seems to, again, like we said before with other situations, the league seems to say one thing and act in another way. And so I am on board with whatever we can do to make sure that we don't have these huge hits to the head that, if we're lucky, only lead to a player being out temporarily, but could easily lead to players losing their careers. So this is for me, this is a good way to end it because I think that that is something that is hugely important. Um, so that's the last one for me. I think the one reader thing I wanted to touch on, and I think this is fantastic and I really actually want to come up with a, have it be like a almost, I don't know, like a show like the running man, mm-hmm. but basically uh, Lozo now is the judge during executioner on player suspension. Cause uh, Kyle, Rizansoff, I'm sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly, suggested that they need to have a third party or a mediator for suspension judgments and getting rid of the max time allowed for suspension because having the NHLPA represent both the accused and the victim is uh, clearly flawed, and it is. Mm-hmm. So I am all in favor of one. Uh, I, I want basically a RoboCop to, ju- to judge the, <laughs> the, the stuff. So if that means we have to take Lozo to an abandoned steel mill here in Detroit and you know, fire a shotgun at him a couple times, then have the glory of modern science uh, resuscitate him as a, a justice-dealing uh, cybernetic cop, then uh, let's do it. So, mm. um, yeah, um, that's that's all I got. Awesome. Like I said at the start of this, please get in touch with us. Send us uh, send us tweets. Uh, go on the Winging It in Motown page and pull up the For Sure article and give us some feedback there. If you think we're off base, tell us. If you think that we're we're right on, that's great too. 
if you saw another rule in this article that you thought was really interesting, then uh, tell us what you think about that. So when we come back, we have a great interview with Wolfram Ott. He is the director of operations for the National Women's Hockey League. So stay tuned for that. And once more, it's time for our Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, Peabody, and Pulitzer winning segment, Important Talks with Important Hockey People. Today, we have Wolfram Ott, who, in my opinion, has a name that is soundly appropriate for being in hockey because that is a hockey person's name. Uh, he is the Director of Operations for the National Women's Hockey League. That's right, folks. Director of Operations for the National Women's Hockey League. So for sure is really moving up in the world or we've made a grave error we'll see we'll see on this on this on this wonderful podcast so wolfram thanks so much for joining us absolutely happy to be here so uh being the director of operations doesn't sound like an entry-level position which means you had to start somewhere so how did you get into hockey and 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 then how did how did the your trajectory lead you to this very important, and I'm now nervous for actually even talking to you because I think you're the most important <laughs> person we've talked to so far. Well, we'll see. Uh, I have I have maybe the strangest journey you'll get on the show, I bet. Ooh, uh, ooh, that's good. If I, if I run long, I apologize. No, um, that's fine. So I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, which is not exactly – I mean, now it's more of a hockey town, but it certainly wasn't when I was a kid. I'm in my mid-30s. So the Coyotes got there when I was – in middle school, give or take. Um, so the first hockey game I saw was not NHL hockey. It was IHL Roadrunners a long time ago. Wow. Um, and it just never really stuck. It wasn't really something that was a Phoenix thing. Um, but then in college, a uh, ton of people have heard this story by now, but I started dating a young woman who was from Pittsburgh. Um, it was circa 2003, 2004, something in that ballpark. So I started watching hockey with her dad. And it was the end of the Lemieux era and the beginning of the Crosby era. So it was kind of a good time to start paying attention, I suppose. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I spent a lot of time watching hockey with them and it, it just kind of stuck. I started watching on my own. Even once that relationship ended, it was something that stuck with me um, now for, I guess, 15, 16 years, something in that ballpark. Um, but then to get into the business of hockey is an even stranger one in that I, I never played sports. I didn't have a business background, but I, I had a theater background. Um, I have a theater degree, just like everyone working in hockey, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I moved to New York City, I worked on a Broadway show and then started working in television. Um, I was on the technical side, just to be clear. I was never an actor. Don't ever pretend to be. Um, <laughs> and I I was enjoying what I was doing, but it wasn't quite what I was passionate about. Hmm. And so I, I started looking around. What do I enjoy about hockey? And actually, Jason Botterill, now the GM up in Buffalo started doing some really crazy stuff with demotions and promotions and the salary cap to make things fit. Um, right around the time cap geek was kind of really taking off as well. And, uh, I was like, Oh, that's what I want to do. Just kind of, kind of stuck. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. What, what skill set do I need for that? Oh, I should take like an economics class or something and mm -hmm. eventually got my MBA. So I, I did the MBA thing. And when I needed to do an internship, I looked around and I had a few different opportunities. Um, and the one that actually appealed most to me was with the National Women's Hockey League. I started there as an intern. And it gave me an opportunity to kind of get in at the ground level in a lot of ways. It was right after season one had ended for the league. And I was able to take on some more responsibility and things like that. So it was a great opportunity for me to kind of craft something that was good for me. And uh, from there, I came on board officially after the summer. 
and advanced relatively quickly. Part of that was due to some some turnover and things, but I kind of got into a spot where I've been able to thrive running a lot of things for the league these days. Nice. Yeah. So um, it doesn't sound that crazy. I mean, I think pretty much everybody in hockey has either a law degree or a theater degree. I think <laughs> those are like the two. There are a lot of other theater degrees floating around. That's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to have to start asking people. I'm going to have to ask around. Um, so I, I obviously want to talk about the hockey, but I'm going to circle back for a second because yeah. – you said you worked uh, on on Broadway for a little while. So, yeah. what, what what show or shows did you work on? So, so the only show I did on Broadway was a show called Memphis. It was a new musical mm-hmm. in the fall of 2009 season. It actually won the Tony for best musical that year. Um, and I was part of the projection design team. My roommate uh, was the designer for the show, and I was one of his assistants. And so we basically designed all kinds of video and projection that were used on the set as an extra element of kind of storytelling in that. Yeah, no, th- that's awesome. I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big Broadway fan. Uh, so uh, yeah, because I was gonna say what we can do is we can just abandon this and just I'll throw on the uh, the Hamilton instrumental and we could all go nuts and. <laughs> all right, well wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something super controversial. Maybe this is my hottest of takes ever. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Here we go. I, I so now in fairness, I'm not gonna. I haven't seen Hamilton. Haven't heard yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. I didn't like in the Heights, so I'm not. In a in a hurry to see <laughs> Hamilton, I I don't I don't like the material he did in previously, so I mm. I'm not I'm not really all that interested, unfortunately. Well, that was a fun interview. Thank you for joining. I'm just kidding. I mean, that, that means we can, that means we actually just talk hockey now, right? Whereas because this is the, this yeah. is the yeah. pitfall that constantly <laughs> happen with our shows. Wolfram is because uh, first of all, I just love saying Wolfram. It just it's off the tongue. It's like Fran- it's like Francisco. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, we, right. we always fall into these pits where it's like, like, yeah, well, it's hard about hockey. What? You like the second season of the wire? Hold everything. <laughs> so I'm glad that we can stay, stay on point. Yeah. Well, glad to do my part there. <laughs> That's, no. That's awesome. So, um, so like I said, you know, we, we have a bunch of questions and there, sure. there's some, some specific things we're going to get into, but I wanted to start with, with the, with the basic general one, because sure. the reason, um, you know, uh, and I met you at Rochester uh, last mm-hmm. year and, you know, I got to know you a little bit. You know, it's kind of, you know, you only get to talk to people for a little bit. But sure. um, I was like, you know, he's definitely somebody that I'd want to have on the show because, um, you know, number one, you know, I thought you were an interesting person. But number two, you know, we don't really talk about women's hockey. And so for me, that's like a huge blind spot where it's one of those things. It's like I know that I like I think it's a good thing, but like I don't really you know, I'm so into like what I do with the NHL that like, I, I feel like I, you know, like I used to be a baseball fan. I don't follow baseball anymore. I used right. to be like a big soccer fan. I don't really like, cause I'm so into the NHL. So it's, you know, I really feel that this is kind of a blind spot for me personally. Um, yeah. And then with the, you know, the Olympics just happening and then your championship game is going to be tomorrow, Correct. which unfortunately for our listeners will be yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I definitely wanted to have you on to talk about some things and, and, you know, I, I definitely tried to do some research so I don't sound too ignorant, but uh, perfect. Please correct me if I say anything wrong, but um, I so, certainly will. <laughs> so, so I wanted to just start off with the basic, a general thing. So, what do you think is the biggest misconception that the average hockey fan has about women's hockey? Oh, I, the easy one is this: not physical. Right. Um, everyone here is no checking. They assume it's not a physical game. There's no it, checking is a two minute minor. You you cannot body check. However, I think any of us who've played any beer league know that you can be physical without 
body checking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these, these individuals, because we actually have the first openly trans male player in our league as well. Yeah. So I'm not going to say these women, but these mm-hmm. individuals can all, all play at an extremely high level. I mean, these are national champions from the NCAA. They're Olympians, former Olympians, and they play a physical hard game. Um, one of our players recently was doing some interview and talked about, um, you know, I don't, I don't play women's hockey. I play hockey. That's, sure. that's what the game is. And it, the physicality surprises people consistently. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it's not the part we emphasize, but we do have things like fights and big hits. It's, it's just not, it's not, uh, an encouraged part of the game, obviously, but it still mm-hmm. happens. Tempers flare or, you know, you, you end up with those things and it's still a very physical, very fast game. And I don't think people expect that until they come see it. Yeah. Uh, leading up to this, I did some, uh, you know, I was reading articles and I, I went on the, uh, I went on YouTube and I, you know how it is on YouTube. You start watching a video and you end up down a rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Uh, and I saw, I, I, I forget exactly what, like what year it was uh but there was there was a game where there was a a pretty big it was it was basically a line brawl uh and i'm pretty sure that at least a couple players came off the bench so i don't know if it was your league or it might have been a different league but yeah we've we've had some incidents that's true (laughs) Uh, uh we've we've had a number of incidents uh less so i actually don't think of any we only had one game that got a little out of hand this year uh, but nothing too crazy that i remember um season one had some had some moments for sure. That was, that was before I was officially on staff here, but it was, mm. it can get wild. There's, there's definitely still emotions and personalities involved that you, there's no way to avoid it. Like it's just any, any contact sport, you're going to have mm. that. Sure. Uh, so when, when I was, well, from, I mean, let's, let's be honest <laughs> here. I like, I really want more yeah. of, of the, of the women's, sure. of the women's hockey league. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really too. excited about, <laughs> The phrase you just used, which is something that I think needs to be a T-shirt worn, a Blazers like I don't play women's hockey, I play hockey. That's that's actually really yeah. phenomenal, and and I'm glad that's now in my in my worldview and my periphery, as it were. Um, so I, I was thinking about like when the, the Team USA for the women's this year wins gold, right? It's phenomenal. It's amazing. Yep. Um, I, I can only assume that means good ripple effects for for this league. Like, is like, are is it? Do you think it, you just need more moments like that to to generate more awareness, or is this just like you know, hey, now that I mean, granted, yes, it's not like a, a one and done thing. Yeah. If it was, you know, the NHL would have fixed several uh, hundred other things of like, hey, we we did this right thing. Now, right. right things will follow for the rest of our days, but. You know, in, in your opinion, like, do you think that this is, you know, it's like, okay, now we've got this gold, you know, like, is, what do you think is missing that can like really push you forward? Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's a tough question. Um, honestly, I, the Olympics helps. It certainly does. And winning gold helps because it, 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 it's the amount of publicity a sport gets for if your team wins gold versus silver is dramatic. Like it's it's night and day what you get. Um, you know, Hillary Knight was on SNL. She was one of our players last year and in season one as well. And, you know, would she have been on there if they'd won silver? I, I doubt it. Um, and just kind of that visibility. Um, the, the other thing, honestly, that has been a huge help for us has been some of the more substantial buy-in from NHL markets. Um, the Olympics are great for publicizing it, excuse me, for publicizing it. But, uh, 
in terms of like just functionally existing and really moving, it, it's it takes more support from the community, whether that be the fan base, which, for example, in New Jersey or in Connecticut, there's a huge girls hockey market. So girls hockey, those teams and those families being invested in what it is and what that future looks like is is hugely important. But even beyond that, getting teams like the Devils, who partnered with us this year as a partner with the Metropolitan Riveters, who are playing in the championship tomorrow, or the Pagulas, who bought the Buffalo franchise, um, those those sorts of buy-in from the market is probably even more important than just the visibility. Because at some point, there's there's nothing we can do with the visibility, right? right? Like, not to be cynical there, but um, you know, we've got four markets right now. So for people to get out to a game, there's only so many opportunities and we have a partnership with Twitter so people can stream the game. But again, to actually grow it, it, it needs to be a revenue principle of some sort. Like again, going back to the NBA thing, right? You need to need to be able to make some money to be able to grow. And it, it's hard to do that if communities aren't buying in. And I, I, I keep coming back to that a bit because that's that's something that's hugely important to us really is trying to grow the hockey community. Not Again, not just the girls' hockey community or the women's hockey community, but the hockey community and markets. Um, it, it's something I think some of the Sunbelt franchises like Arizona and Dallas and Florida and Tampa, like the ones who do it the best, I think have more success. I think Arizona is actually on the right track. They're their kind of buy-in with youth hockey there is huge. Hmm. Um, Austin Matthews is a great example of that, right? So a little-known player if, for if our listeners at home, small, yeah, home, really yeah, exactly. trying to earn his way in the league right now. Yeah, I, I think we might hear big things from that kid someday. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's the sort of thing we're trying to do as well. Um, every every event we try to have some sort of community or or youth element to it, family element. We're very much a family product. We want. We want it to gr- people to grow with the league. As much as the league needs to grow, we need people to grow with it. Um, I'm probably rambling a little bit here, but it's <laughs> no, it's, it's, fine. it's it's uh, as much as the exposure is great, and it and it really does bring attention to it. And we did we've we've seen very specifically people reaching out who are oh I saw the women's hockey in the Olympics. I'm interested in finding out more. What can I do? And, and honestly, the easiest thing come out to a game buy some merch, you know, what, tell friends, whatever you can do, whatever you do for a men's team. It's the same thing for us, right? Is how do you, how do you support a team? Just support the team. Um, so I don't know that there's any one, I wish there was one. If I could find one easy thing, I'd probably, I'd probably, uh, earn my keep quite well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've heard some people speculate on other kind of, this is what we need for women's hockey to grow. And I don't know that there is one easy answer. I wish. I, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, I mean, I, like, like you said, it's not really, you know, it's a rhetorical question, you know, like, Hey, how many, how many licks does yeah. it take to get to the center of a Tootsie pop? Right. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of ways yeah. to get there, but you know, we're, we're still figuring out if it's, it's three, <laughs> it's three. three. Yeah. It's three. For everyone listening yeah. at home, it's, it's three, but no, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, they think there's, you know, I mean, if it's if it's this humble fan's opinion, I think, you know, that there's a, a lot to do with I, I think you guys are taking care of your end of things. I think it's just time for other markets to realize the the platform that they have that could amplify your message and stuff. And I think just too many of these of these markets just are, 
you know, they're, they're like you said, they're, they're, it, yeah. it, while it does need to make money, I mean, where's the, you know, where are the, where's the kindness of the daddy Warbucks stuff, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of these people are hurting for cash. So like, it'd be nice if they were like, yeah, 100%. you know, Hey, you know, like wherever, <laughs> Hey, we're going to have an outdoor game, you know, Hey, are any of the NWHL games happening around that same time? Let's have them play leading up yeah. to it. You know, just like, I, yeah. Well, and and there, there's been some, I mean, we've had incredible, incredible partnerships with the the penguins we've done our all-star game there one year and then last year we or excuse me last year was our all-star game this year we did a neutral site game between two of our teams yeah. our all-star game this year was in minnesota at the new practice facility for the wild there, there are teams who are showing an interest in being involved in one way or another whatever that means um i mean pittsburgh and minnesota have two huge youth hockey communities mm. um, and i think they recognize that that's not just little boys and that there is value in being involved um and I, I think the Daddy Warbucks, I don't know if I, I, uh, I don't think I've ever heard it quite phrased that way, but there's, I mean, but we've, we've also seen, I, I can't speak to it. I wasn't with the league the first season, but we, we did participate in the, uh, winter classic in season one, um, a team from the NWHL played a team from the CWHL. Hmm. Um, but there were, I, again, I can't speak firsthand, but I've seen some people either on Twitter, cause you know how Twitter is criticize that involvement um by the nhl because we were made um, it, it, the perception was we were made an afterthought we were kind of a dog and pony show not something that was valued hmm. and so it, as much as it's you know it, one thing just kind of buy in in some way it's it, there has to be a commitment there too like that's the important part more so than dollars or or FaceTime is really buying and committing to what the idea is. That's what our players do, to be honest, is, I mean, none of them are making an incredible amount of money to play. So they're buying into the idea that I can help grow something for the girls who are kids now, mm. and that they have someone to look up to who they can admire and try to grow up to be as good, if not better. Mm. And, and that's kind of the big yeah. thing, I think. So um, while you're talking about, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, the potential partnership with, with NHL thing. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I, that, that Jay and I had talked about, um, when we were previewing the, the Olympics, you know, we, we started, you know, we, we previewed the men, but then we, we made sure to say like, even though we don't, you know, we can't give you a full preview cause we don't really know that much about it, but you know, make sure, sure. make sure to watch the women too, you know, cause it's super exciting, really fun. And you know, they, they deserve the support. And so one of the things that we talked about, uh, during that episode is, how cool it was at the last all-star game, the NHL all-star game when they yep. had the women come out and do the skills stuff. So you had, like you had Absolutely. Hillary Knight that beat every male there, except for I think one or two. Um, yeah. So one, one, one thing that I was curious about is, uh, you know, could there ever be a potential for like a crossover thing where, maybe like there's like a, like an NHL slash NWHL like skills competition or um, like a three on three, like overtime format where it's like mixed teams or something like that, you know? So you have some NHL players and some NWHL. Yeah. Like mixed doubles tennis. Exactly. Yeah. I think it'd work in a skills setting. Okay. Better. Um, I, I think that would actually be really interesting, particularly when you have the relay sort of events, right. And you already, you separate by position. So you have, like we do fastest goalie versus and fastest skater. They're yeah. separate events. Um, certainly could do the same as much as it's a little crappy to separate the men and women that way, but mm. you could men skaters, women skaters, and then have the fastest race each other. Maybe. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, I think there's, 
I think that I think the skills one would be very interesting to see, particularly as you said, because Hillary beat I think everybody but Besser and whoever finished in second place. Yeah, um, I, th- I think is what it was, um, and the whatever the competition was where Drew Doughty was cheating. Um, <laughs> I, I I can't remember I can't remember which of the U.S. Olympians I think it was Kessel who might be, maybe did that, mm. uh, but she had no problem with it, and clearly the men <laughs> yeah. struggled mightily. <laughs> So, um, I, I think that'd be a lot of fun, truthfully. Mm. Um, and it, this year was a great one because the, the women spent all year training for the Olympics in, Tam- in the Tampa area. Yeah. So they were, it was, it was a great natural fit. And I think it, it really allowed, I wish they had highlighted it a little more is my mm. only complaint. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It was kind of an after, like we saw a little bit of it on TV, but like yeah. they demonstrated every event. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that, that so, definitely makes sense. Yeah. They should have done a lot more with that then. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could show them as the test run rather than whatever graphic you're showing while Pierre rambles. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and plus, then I, think we, that, I think yeah. a lot of fun. Plus, then we get to learn where all where every one of them played before where they are now. I, I could tell you, there's like four schools to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, largely, not exclusively, but largely, yeah. there's like a handful you're going to pick from. I mean, we we tried to do something like that for our our all star game this year. There's a an independent, I, I would call them semi pro team, but that may not be fair to them um, in Minnesota called the White Caps. Um, the Lamaru sisters, for example, play on the white caps. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I in in non Olympic yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so we included uh, two white caps players. We partnered with the white caps to do a lot during the all star game. We really tried to include that again in that sort like sort of sense of co- cooperation, trying to grow this, whether it's in their market or ours. Um, women's hockey growth is important to both organizations. So we, we included two of their skaters in our skills competition and in the game. Um, and actually I think one of them won an event if I remember correctly, but I, oh, cool. I, I could, I could, I could be mistaken there. I apologize. No, that's okay. Uh, but like, so that sort of cross promotion, I think is a really, I mean, that's, that's been the benefit of the devils or the buttes relationships re- mm. or excuse me, the devils or the, the savers relationships recently yeah. is that you get things like a riveters game being promoted at a devil's Friday night game. Mm. Um, or this past Friday, or maybe it was, I think it was Friday. Yeah. Um, the Sabres had on their big jumbotron an advertisement for the official watch party for the championship. The Sabres are coming down to Newark. Most people can't travel from Buffalo to Newark for a championship game. Right. But, you know, they can probably make it to a bar nearby that's partnered with Pagula Sports to put on this watch party. Um, and just that sort of cross promotion is is huge for us so i, I think the all-star game idea is fantastic yeah. i i don't know why we haven't thought of that sooner and maybe someone has and <laughs> i just didn't know about it but well uh, um, i love it if 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 nobody else has thought of it then um i just want a quick shout out during the uh the oh event. yeah okay. well that's <laughs> a quick shout yeah. out peter i mean i'm i'm the one who actually wants the situation <laughs> to be like this where the the overhead guy announces what game it is but then they do the undertaker gong like oh god that's hillary knight's music and she comes out and then the guy's like by the way she's her time it's official so if you want to actually win this you actually have to beat hers go what that reminds me of is nhl three yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's 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 you nailed it that's exactly where i got it from so yeah, yeah. it's nice to have it still my uh, <laughs> now they say my my uh my, my nightmare uh is is the uh the first time that happens when hunter comes out and does that dance <laughs> And it's just it's, it's seared into my retinas, and I will never get it out. It's just oh, he's yeah. so creepy. <laughs> oh, Hunter, you tried so hard, but 
What is it? Dude, too, too rare to too rare to die, too ugly to live. He's like right in the right in the <laughs> in between there. What is he anyway? I've never he's a lynx, right? I think so. Hunter? Yeah, it's it's one yeah. of those small like those cats that are normally relatively small compared to like a yeah. tiger or like you know a big cat like that. I th- I think you're right that it is a lynx. I feel like a mascot shouldn't be something you think you could kick. Like if you can get away with kicking it, like yeah. eh, like a lynx is not that big. But like it's a not gopher? A lot, no. Right? Yeah, gopher. Like what? You guys are yeah. both wrong. It's Hunter is the world famous Euler cat of 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 Alberta. <laughs> the Euler cat's gone back for years. Of What's course. this lynx talk? That's why they're called the Eulers, <laughs> right? Right, you guys. Where's everybody let's, going? Let's see what Google says here. <laughs> So, uh, well, from let's talk expansion. All right, obviously, obviously, okay. the moon is out of the question, which sure. stinks because I think that would be a prime attractor. You know, what with Elon Musk coming up with underground tubes to connect all of Chicago with O'Hare, but that's neither here nor there. So, right. is there? You know, again, feel free to say. You know, I, I was thinking before the interview, it's like, hey, if we ask Wolfram. Any question that he can't answer, should we come up with like a passcode phrase that like he says to the audience like, oh, well, you know, the, the cat's in the cradle. And like, oh, OK, well, he can't answer that one. So forgive us if, you know, no worries if you can't answer any of these questions. But like if there was, you know, ideal expansion places, you know, I mean, sure. you know, there's I heard that there's a new arena in the Detroit area that that. That, that's oh. popped up. So if there was, you know, I don't that? know if that was a location or, you know, hey, Hamilton, Ontario has been screaming like a, like, like the kid from <laughs> Finding Nemo who wants to just tap on the glass, you know, hey, we like a hockey team. So right. yeah, what do you got? <laughs> so I, I'm not going to name anywhere specific because okay. that I think is where I'm going to get in trouble. But right. uh, I, I, I think the sorts of places you look is somewhere that's got a, a long-standing hockey tradition, right? We're, we're still young and small. So we wouldn't be in the position to move somewhere like, I don't know, Kansas or, or, or Nevada. Not, not really quite our wheelhouse. Um, but if you start looking at places that are a little more traditional hockey markets, um, that, that's a big part of it. I think having an NHL team is, a, is, a, is an asset but not a requirement. Like if, if, if I'm the one making the decision, to be clear, I'm not. Um, I'm not involved in that aspect um, so full disclosure there, but I think, I think having a hockey community that you can draw from for interest is a big part of it. Having an NHL team or at the very least a division one college team, at least in this, what would be a first round of expansion, um, would be huge because then you'd have something to kind of base your, your market off of. Right. Mm. Um, I think going in somewhere, you know, Idaho would probably be a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I think any, you know, there's a ton of ones that come to mind, whether or not they're viable or not, or even involved in conversations or who knows, right. I couldn't tell you, but like, you know, Philly, DC, Detroit, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, um, uh, Chicago, hmm. um, those, those kinds of cities are the ones that definitely come to mind, whether or not that's in the cards, we'll see. Um, but I think those are the sorts of places you really have to look at because that's, that's where it's shown continually they can support it and not only support a team but support multiple teams because that's the other thing is you as much as we are a little bit more of a niche market and that we get families and we get women more so than men's hockey typically um we we still are trying to draw f- some overlap um you, you can't have no men in a game like that's 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 as bad a marketing as having no women in a game right mm-hmm. so um we 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 want somewhere that can really support it if it, it 
we again i'm not the one making the call so um <laughs> but i think i think to be successful those are just from a business perspective things that make the most sense is is really finding somewhere that can support a team and has a commitment to the sport um sorry atlanta <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't um but you know that's that's kind of high high level stuff hmm. so um i'm trying to think if there's any others offhand that i'm not like thinking of um but like major cities tend to be preferable you know obviously the same reason that nhl is primarily in major cities is that's where the population centers are and it's all it's all very boring answers i'm sure but it's like those are the sorts yeah. of things that that have to be taken into consideration I, the support's the big one though like okay. I, I as much as i as much as i there has to be some kind of support there in the community and ideally with someone else whether that's again NHL franchise, NCAA Division One, um, whatever it may be, something that can kind of give us roots there and kind of allow us to grow rather than having to struggle to claw our way in. Sure, sure, yeah, th- that definitely makes sense, and I think it's the same. You know, I grew up. Uh, I still, you know, I still like soccer, but I, I grew up a really big soccer yep. fan, and you know, for my whole life growing up, it was like, hey, we're gonna have a professional soccer league in America, and then. You know, after the Women's World Cup, it's like we're going to have a women's professional soccer. And it's like, you know, it's it's a struggle. And it's, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you're you're running into some of the same things that those leagues did, at least in general, general terms. Yeah. Um, So before um, for our listeners at home, I know you like it when we play little games. So we do have a quick game to wrap this up. But before (laughs) I do that, I I definitely want to make sure that we talk a little bit about the the game that's going to take place. Uh, tomorrow as we're recording this um, so it's gonna be on Sunday this episode doesn't come out till Monday so maybe you haven't seen it maybe you haven't heard anything and you want to watch it so you you know we're gonna give you a little bit of information um, so tomorrow is the the final game the uh, the Isabel Cup will be awarded and the uh, the two previous champions were the Boston Pride and the Buffalo Buttes and so Correct. Buffalo is going to be playing tomorrow against the Metropolitan Riveters. Um, yeah, and and you said that's going to be in in New Jersey, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, New, uh, the Metropolitan finished with the best record in the league, and just like the NHL this year, we're home home teams hosting. Okay, or they have home ice advantage. So um, Metropolitan's hosting in Newark um, to a sold out crowd. We sold out after I think three days, mm-hmm. four days, something like that, um, which is fantastic, and it should be a great game. Uh, the two teams were the best two in the league by record at the very least this season, uh, finishing one, two in the standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Riveters only lost three games all season, but they were all to Buffalo. Okay. So, uh, tomorrow shapes up to be a very interesting one. Last year, Buffalo knocked the Riveters out of the playoffs okay. entirely. So there's a little bit of retribution obviously coming and they split the season and it's been a heated mm-hmm. matchup. There's definitely some, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's some personalities and some emotions there. And uh, it, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a great game. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. So um, for uh, just real quick, because I was going through yeah. I, I was going through the teams and the rosters and the news. So uh, Buffalo has a player named Jordan Ott. Is that any relation? So there are, there are three Otts okay. actually involved with the league. Uh, Jordan Ott is a forward for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brittany Ott is a goaltender for Boston. Uh, um. Uh, I believe Brittany and I both wear the same number. Okay. That was a weird <laughs> happenstance. Um, to my knowledge, no relation whatsoever. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't think any of us are related to Steve Ott okay. either. Or Mel Ott, huh. if that matters. 
Yeah. It's funny because growing up, um, there was a girl in my class at school who had the same last name as me and we were not related in any way. And everybody just assumed we were related because I guess like like we kind of like we didn't look like we were like twins or anything, but I guess we look close enough that people just assume we were related. Um, Right. Yeah. Sounds Um, like a classic Larry, Jerry or Gary Gergich scenario. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so like I said before, we have it. We have a quick game Uh, before we do that um, through the magic of the Internet. The Edmonton Oiler mascot Hunter is a Canadian lynx. So Hmm. there's a lot of disinformation on the Internet. These days, so <laughs> I'll, I'll still hold my torch for the the Edmonton Oiler cat. <laughs> okay, so um, all right, so he, so here's so here's our game. Um, it's it's a little different than games we played with, with guests in the past. Hopefully, this will be fun. Um, and so players, you know, people at home, listeners at home, you can play along and you can see how you do. I know that if I were playing, I probably would be be happy to get over fifty percent um, because it, it's it's pretty tricky. So, um, like Jay said before, you have an, an amazing name, um, and okay. so it's better as an adult. Let me say that. <laughs> oh, I can totally imagine. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so based on your name, which is Wolf from Ott, I thought that we would play yep. a game called Wolf or Not. So um, okay. so basically, uh, we're going to read you names, and there's going to be two options. Number one is a college hockey player, a current college hockey player um, who is who is playing on one of the teams that is either in the, the tournament now for the men, and I believe the women's tournament already finished. So uh, okay. it, could be, it could be a male, could be female, um, but they are a current uh, NCAA hockey player. The other option is a character created by Dick Wolf. So, <laughs> okay. so you have your law and orders. Law and Order, SVU, et cetera, and then all the Chicago series. So, like I said, honestly, you're kind of just guessing. So, uh, there's oh, yeah. there's no shame in doing poor. Like I, 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 like I said, I would be like I have probably seen every episode of every Law and Order at least once, and I would have a hard time on some of these. So, um, I also yeah. wonder how I you're see- actually able to grasp the simple concept of of like coherent speech too, if you've ever seen that. Because I would, I'd be shocked. I'm I'm still shocked to this day that you don't speak in complete. Uh, Sam Waterston quotes just every day. But it is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Well, uh, okay. I, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. okay. Be careful. There we go. <laughs> All right. So here's the first one. All right. Okay. So Serena Summerfield. Ooh. Uh, Dick Wolf. Close hockey player. Uh, there's a reason. There's a reason I picked the hockey. Like I picked ones that are, that sound similar to actual people names. So she is a junior okay. uh, junior who plays defense at Boston College. Okay. All right. What's it close to out of curiosity? What is it? Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure it's not. Oh, um, on, let's see. One of the law and order. I think regular law and order. There was a, uh, an assistant DA, Serena Sutherland. Uh, oh, okay. Elizabeth okay. Rome, I think was the actress. Yeah. She was on forever. So yeah. Okay. All right. All right. The next one, Zach Nichols. Zach Nichols. It almost seems too boring for a 20 something college player, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Dick Wolf again. Boom! Correct. Uh, um, yeah, that yeah. Um, uh, played uh, by Jeff Goldblum. He's a a character on uh, <laughs> uh, 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 a Dick Wolf show. So there you go. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and by the way, for people listening at home, just in case, um, I really made an effort to make sure that I didn't pick like a character who was on like one episode. Like, the, like these are all people that have been on like kind of character arcs, like recurring roles, etc. Okay, um, Elizabeth Donnelly. Hmm. I'm gonna go Dick Wolf again. That is correct. She was a judge uh, played by Judith Light on SVU a bunch of times. She was on on a lot of episodes. All right, you're two I, and one. S- S- SVU is the only one I really watch. There you go. So yeah. More my wheelhouse today. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm so I'm, I'm mad. Munch isn't on one of these, you know, because that just I, I figured that would be too. It, easy. It, 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 I, I know, right? But just yeah. What was Ice T's character's uh, name? Uh, Tutuola. Tutuola and and yeah. and, and, and Tutuola. Yeah, that would have been rolls yeah, off. That, that would be crazy. All right, um, next one. <laughs> Trevor Stone. That one's hockey. Yeah, that's that is correct. He's a sophomore forward at at Air Force. The Air Force plays hockey. The, the, the wars of the future will be fought on the ice for the Air Force. The original DA on Law and Order was Ben Stone. Um, okay. So that's why I picked that one. Okay, uh, next one. Let's see. Hmm. Luke Novak. Ooh. I think that's hockey. That is hockey. I figured it sounded close enough to uh, what could be a character name, but yeah, it definitely does. You, you are tough. four and one. You are four and one. You are doing great. What's the saying? Occasionally, even a blind squirrel <laughs> yep. will find it. Out. There you go. Yep. All right, uh, Michael Cutter. Ooh. Um, gut says hockey. Ooh, no, sorry, ah. overruled. He is uh, character played by Linus Roach. <laughs> On Law and Order Classic, yeah, he was the he was the DA like at the end of the show, like he was okay. like the last DA. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's it's one of those actors where if you saw him, you would know him, but you probably like he's I wouldn't know guy. his name. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see. That's okay. You're still you're still a four and two. All right, so um, let's see. Aaron Lindsay. What's the spelling on Aaron? Out of curiosity, E R I N. That's a very good question. That's hockey. Okay. Uh, that is wrong. Ah. Yeah. Um, I tried to pick, like, for the, the Dick Wolf ones, I tried to pick names that kind of sound more millennial. Uh, <laughs> so, you did a good job on that one. Yeah. So I, I've never seen Chicago PD, but apparently this oh. is a character played by Sophia Bush, uh, and she was in, like, 80 episodes or something. So I guess wow. I guess she's All a regular. Right. Yeah. All right. All right, Jay. Yeah, you're regulars, up. regulars, regulars. There you go. Um, <laughs> we got five more. Five All right. More. Uh, Andrea Renner. That's Dick Wolf. Oh, man. If only you were right. Oh. Sophomore oh. forward for Northeastern. Oh. You know what, Pete? I think, you know, this is the part. This is actually the first game we should have had the sounds ready to go because I think the dum dum would have been really funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll do it. Well, you well, can add that in post. You can add it in post. I'll say that. Do it in S. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, four more. So we're almost there. All Jack right. Jack Becker. Jack that definitely feels like it go either way it also feels like it should be uh made by ted dancing (laughs) absolutely yeah um hockey yep freshman forward at michigan just for you uh trivia nuts out there ted dancing did play becker that's right it's an american sitcom that ran from 1998 (laughs) to 2004 in cbs all right (laughs) good stuff all right next up 
Sharon Goodwin. Dick Wolf. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. She's yeah. uh, S. Apatha Merkerson, and she's played like everybody on on Dick Wolf shows. So she has yeah. she has no no shortage of work for for Mister Dick. It Wolf. wasn't. It wasn't the best name for this game, but I, I felt like I had to put her in because <laughs> like she was I think she was the head detective or like the chief of police for like literally 380 episodes on Law and Order. Because oh, like wow. I, I, I went through IMDb to look, you know, to do this. So uh, she was definitely on there. Just uh, the top of the list there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Um, so two more, two more. Uh, we got Matt Devlin. That's hockey. It is not. Ah. See, here's the trick. This is a character on Law and Order UK. It ran for oh. one season. This is a character played by Jamie Bamber, who is uh, on Battlestar Galactica and other things. That, that's what I know him from. Yes, wow. other one things. More. That great show, Other Things. It's my favorite show. Exactly. <laughs> that's okay. You're still doing well. You got four. You got Worst six. case, I'm finishing 50-50, right? Yeah, you already got six. You already got half, at least. Great, so, great, yeah. great. Here we go. That's Last nice. one. Here we go. All right. Sierra Smith. Oh, Sierra is such a millennial name. Um, but I assume there were young people on the show, too. Uh, oh, I feel like it's a trick question. Is this Dick Wolf? No, you should have gone uh, with your gut. You were right. It is it, it is a millennial name, but I picked it because of the alliteration. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I figured it might be a little tricky. So, uh, yeah, she is a junior forward at Minnesota. Oh, that's a bummer. I should have got that one. That's okay. Yeah. So, so six and six. And like I said, I mean, it, like I have, I am, a, I am a huge Law and Order junkie, and I know there are some outside of Law and Order. But if I were doing this, I would probably be lucky to get a coin flip here. So, um, well, and the, the, the crazy thing for us is like, so players aren't draft eligible until okay. after their junior season for us. Oh, okay. So a lot of the names, I, like I don't do scouting, draft, you know, any drastic scouting during the season. But once they hit the summer after junior year, the names start to cross my desk a little more. Yeah. So that's, I'm going to use that as my excuse for why I miss some of the, <laughs> the ladies there. Oh, that's okay. Um, all right. So, so Wolfram, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we Absolutely. had a, a really great time. Um, so for those of you listening at home, you can follow him on Twitter uh, at Wolfram Ott, which is, uh, it, it, it's interesting. I, I was thinking that if you add an ER, then you have three animals. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's just W-O-L-F-R-A-M, and then the last name is O-T-T. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Wolfram Otter. Yes. Jesus. What? <laughs> First of his name, well, that's... second of his generation. Oh. Well, you know, and, and obviously Otter is one of the, the hockey nickname options there, right? Exactly, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And, and, and given some of the other alternatives, I'll take that one all day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, you're either like Otter or like Wolf C. I think those Wolfie. are pretty much the only, yeah. Straight up Wolfie, and I'm yep. not, I'm not okay with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll always I... be, you'll be Wolfram in our hearts forever. So, oh, thank you guys. Well, the only way that we can follow up another phenomenal interview with important hockey people is to follow it up with some awesome reader questions. So the, the next comes from Will Christ. Uh, he's uh, asked a phenomenal question that Pete and I actually had to do work on. So thanks a lot, jerk. <laughs> but uh, 
The question is, which NHLer would perform best on the following shows? And he listed The Challenge, Survivor, American Ninja Warrior, Amazing Race, The Bachelor, and Road Rules. Uh, first, as a small amount of business, uh, we are eliminating the challenge from this question, Will Chris, because it's basically a show that was an amalgamation of putting a bunch of rejects from the road rules and the real world on there doing nonsensical things. So we're, we won't be doing that one. But all the others, we will sate your curiosity. So uh, let's start with Survivor. Peter, you go first. Okay, so for each of these, um, because the question is, which NHLer would perform best? And so I tried to think of different ways to look at each one of them. So for Survivor, I had one that kind of jumped to mind, but then I realized that I wanted to save that person for another show. So that'll be coming up in, a, in, a, in actually the, the very next one. So Survivor, you need somebody who is able to stay in a hostile situation when you would think that maybe they shouldn't be able to be there. So I went with Steve Ott because while he had a, a good start to his career, the last few seasons he's managed to hang on uh, until this year, you know, obviously he, he managed to hang on to an NHL career while pretty much providing zero value to a team. And so that tells me that he is somebody who is able to stick around in a tough situation. So that's what I went with. Say your name again. Uh, Peter Flynn. You no no the, the say you're the player this is part of it don't oh. get don't get rid of this don't edit this out I'm actually asking you say the name again Steve Ott Steve Ott geez see that's weird because the only actual answer to this question is Phil Kessel <laughs> I want you to show me another person who's gone through the fires of drama the fires of whether or not they should be cast out and whether or not they have what it takes to win it all. Phil, I believe I'll take mustard on my hot dog. Kessel is the only true answer to this question <laughs> because he is, as the Queen Beyonce says, a survivor. So uh, that is my answer. It is Phil. Shine on, you crazy diamond. And uh, again, you are also the basis of one of my favorite memes that I've ever seen of all time. It was a collage meme, a bunch of pictures of you. The top, it says, they said I could be anything. So I became a god. <laughs> so, yes, that's Phil. All right. So next up, we have American Ninja Warrior. Now, I will say out of all of these shows, this is the only one that I watch. Um, my wife has watched all of these at some point. And some of these she continues to watch uh, for reasons that pass understanding. But... American Ninja Warrior is a show that we both enjoyed together. I really, really love this show. And one of the things I just want to touch on really, really quickly is, you know, we just had the interview with, with Will from Ott uh, where he talked about how, you know, there's a saying in, in, in his, his league where, you know, I don't play women's hockey, I play hockey. And one of the coolest things for me in terms of this show, this American Ninja Warrior show, and I only really started watching it, I think, I think last year was the first year I like I really watched it. I think I watched it a little bit the year before. But what's amazing to me is the performance by the women on this show. There's a handful of women that are just unbelievable. And it, it, it's just so cool to see them be able to do, you know, they don't have to change the obstacles from the men's version. You know, they're able to do the same obstacles. And there's this young woman that was on last last night. Uh, well, I watched it last night. I think it was like from a week ago and she's a gymnast and she is like five foot, like five foot zero. And the things that she's able to do are just incredible because of 
how how small she is you know just like the wingspan um as opposed to you know if you take somebody who's six foot they they have you know longer reach and etc and so she's able to do these obstacles that are just unbelievable so anyway if you like sports if you like athletics and you haven't watched american ninja warrior it's definitely really cool it might be the type of thing where you might want to tape it and fast forward through some of like the the, the interview sections and get to the actual races, but it's a really cool one. So for this one, I went with Yaramir Yager and I almost had him for survivor because of how long he stayed in the league, but I'm going back to that video that he made on the beach with him, like doing pushups with telephone poles and stuff like that. So <laughs> I really think that even at his age, I think that he would be a really good competitor on this show. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. See, we did it's full circle because mm-hmm. we did it from our interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the American Ninja Warrior, the the one thing I like about it is that sometimes these people have what I like to call the the intangibles, right? It's a term that I just came mm-hmm. up with. It's intangibles. I'm copywriting it because no one's ever <laughs> used that word before. Um, I like the people that can do this course not only efficiently but with a little bit of pizzazz so uh i'm am gonna have to go for the american ninja warrior one of my favorite players in the league right now uh that would be pk suban mm. i would i think pk suban would crush the american ninja warrior thing because he would not only complete the course with a more than reputable time but he would donate all of his earnings between each set to a children's hospital absolutely and then can and then continue to be vilified by the organization that he played so many years for. Yeah. So oh, it'd be perfect. So yes, yeah. PK Subban, amazing. Just really quickly before you you introduce the next one, uh, I looked it up because I I always I always feel that it's good to give names. And so the 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 young woman I was talking about was Barclay Stockett. So if you ever watch the show or if you can go on, you can go on YouTube and, and search her name in American Ninja Warrior and you'll be able to watch some really great videos. You know, also Jesse Graff is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, there's another one, uh, Lebrecht, her last name is Lebrecht, and she's like all three of those women are just absolutely unbelievable. And, and I'm leaving a few out, too, uh, of like the top ones. All right. So, Jay, what's our next category? Our next category is a show that has very little following. I'm just kidding. It's the amazing race. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so great. What other superlative could we name it? Amazing. There you go. Um, okay. So this one, this one's kind of strange, Peter, because, you know, it's usually like 11 or 12 teams of two to do the amazing right. race. So, you know, it'd be really cool is if it's teams of two, you know, what are usually in teams of two in hockey, Pete? That's right. Defense tandems. So uh, I think it'd be really funny if in this question he was asking, what would the amazing look like if 12 defensive tandems were to to complete this huh. quest? And um, I mean, again, this is just for me. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm just saying in order for me to be able to answer this question, I had to have a little bit more information. So I'm treating the amazing race as the top defensive pairings uh, trying to race to the end of the world. Okay. And um, so uh, my favorite uh, defensive pairing would be, Eric Carlson and whoever's lucky enough to be with him at the time. <laughs> so uh, I, I I just imagine like Chara dragging. Um, oh, geez. I forget one of it. Uh, 
I, I just think it'd be really funny if it was Chara and Krug were the defensive tandem, just for the sheer visual height shenanigans that go around. It's like, oh, Chara has to grab this thing from the top shelf, but Krug has to squeeze between this space to get to the next clue. So there's, I think there's a lot of fun things that can happen with it. But <laughs> I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to be excited to see these teams go throughout the entire planet trying to do these little mental and physical challenges. But again, we all know it's Carlson, right? Like, <laughs> It's, it's really funny it's because like when you said that it made it reminded me of tell your old man to drag Walton and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. <laughs> um, all right. So now here's the really funny thing, because now that you say it, 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 do, it would make sense to go with a defense pairing. But at the same time, I actually did something very similar, even though I didn't go with with the defense pairing. So I went with Sidney Crosby and anybody. <laughs> like Sidney Crosby and like any like ECHL player, who cares? Because every single year he gets paired with somebody I've never heard of. And that, that player puts up 87 goals. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Sidney Crosby and anybody <laughs> because he's going to make anybody better. And as much as like, this is something that, that is, it's interesting because it's come up in our comment section, uh, not our comment section, but on the, on the wing and Motown comment section, you know, I've said many, many times, and I, I, I hate to keep saying it, but, you know, I grew up in as an Islander fan, and as an Islanders fan, we had a pretty big rivalry with Pittsburgh. You know, we, we hated playing Pittsburgh. And so I grew up kind of hating Sidney Crosby more than I would imagine other people did. And as time has gone on, he has limited, he has not gotten away from, but he's limited the things that make me hate him. But, I, but the problem is, like, I, I, I want to kind of move on. And I'm not going to say, like, I want to say, like, oh, he's he's my favorite player. Like, I, I would I don't think I could ever say that. But I want to admire his skill because, you know, the other night he, he made a play where the puck's coming out of the corner and he one time volleys it up to himself in midair and then hits it in out of midair, which was it's an incredible goal. And I want to appreciate that more. But then every now and then he still does. The, the 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 crazy stuff he still does the little immature things that just annoy the heck out of me um so i do have to say that i kind of i i admire the way that he is able to make everybody around him better um but but, but yeah. I, I i still i still will hold on to not not liking when he does that that bs stuff um all right so that's the amazing grace now we have the bachelor the Bachelor, which has been in the news lately, um, because basically the Bachelor they picked this time is one of the worst people in the world for what he did to these young women that he was. Um, since this is a family friendly podcast, I can't really describe it the way I want to uh, describe this show. But <laughs> basically, he yes. he kind of was a was a big old jerk, and he. And the producers of the show definitely exploited these women even more so than they typically are exploited on a show like this. So who did you have for this one? Well, I I picked this person because I wanted the result to be okay. good. You know, I wanted a good person to win The Bachelor. I will admit that I pay very little attention to it. But when I did hear that they uh, picked a minion of Satan you know, to be... <laughs> Um, on The Bachelor, that's that's a lot of fun. That's really great. Um, I think this is a no-brainer. And a special shout-out to my friend Leslie's mom, who came up with the way to say this, 
because uh, the winner is Henrik Lundquist. And the reason I mentioned my friend Leslie's mom is because she said it, Lundquist. And I think that says all you need to say about the attractiveness <laughs> of this individual. So uh, Henrik Lundquist, by far. Yes, there are some pretty players in the league. I mean, if we're going – I mean, again, I think we're talking about a question that obviously could be derivatively split into conditions and concessions about like, oh, well, if he's got a perfect mustache, well, then it has to be Carlson because it looks like a pirate. Or, oh, if he's got great flowing hair, then it has to be Brock Besser because he's got the best flow in the league right now. Or if it has to look the most like white trash, then obviously it's going to be Patrick Kane. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of options out there. But I think the hands down in the spirit of the question – it's Henrik Lundquist. So what's I mean, your pick? I really have a hard time disagreeing with Lundquist. I didn't really, for some strange reason, and I don't know why, because like I said, I, I live in New Jersey. I live in like the, the metro area and I am exposed to Henrik Lundquist all the time. You know, he is absolutely a very attractive man. And I think the person I chose is kind of the same he has a little bit of uh, a little bit of mystery, uh, a little bit of the bad boy, which I think uh, might be attractive to the viewing audience. And so I went with Detroit's own Andreas Athanasiu. Oh, so I think uh, I, I think that would be very interesting. Now, just to be clear for our Red Wings fans listening at home, I am not saying that I think he would act in the way that the actual bachelor did this time. I'm just saying I think he is, you know, he's kind of there. He's young. He's attractive. He uh, he has kind of this personality about him um, and he does have this 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 little bit of a potential bad boy attitude, but not too far, not you know, not too far to be a jerk or something like that, but a little bit of it, which I think, I think could make him an interesting, interesting person on the show. And rounding out our phenomenal question here from Will Christ is a show that is near and very dear to my heart. And that would be road rules. That's right, folks. Road rules was a uh, extremely essential piece of American history that was entered into the books airing from, Oh, uh, ripe age of 1995 to, to 2007. Uh, it's a series that followed six strangers between the ages of 18 and 24 who are stripped of their money and restricted to life in an RV traveling from place to place. So with that information in mind, Peter, who did you pick to win Road well, Rules? This is one of the ones where I just went by who is the player that the producers of the show would want to have on this show? And so I was thinking of who would cause the most drama because you're in you're in a confined space. You don't have a lot of stuff. And so if you have somebody that's starting some uh, some stuff, that's going to be interesting television for some people. Honestly, I probably wouldn't watch it, but whatever. So I went with for sure favorite Brad Marchand because wherever he goes, drama follows. And I think that he would be a an excellent choice for this show in terms of providing the viewers what they want to see. Okay. All right. Well, again, I will refer back to the parameters of the show where they take people between the ages of 18 and 24, take all of their money, and restrict them to a life in an RV. Jeez. Sounds a little like the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> I am not choosing a single player. I am choosing an entire team. Think about it. They don't 
get to have all the money that they should get. <clears throat> McDavid, they are restricted to play life in an RV. That's a really nice new arena. <clears throat> that is an RV. And then they have to travel around location to location. So I think the Edmonton Oilers are a perfect example of the road rules. Uh, and I think this, this is a good question, Pete. I mean, we could probably come up with different answers from, on a different day, depending upon how we're feeling, but since you and I are the arbiters of justice in our own podcast, those are the accurate yeah. answers that we want to give, which means they're right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, thank you for listening to another show. Before we wrap up, all we have left is our Doc Emmerich verb of the episode. So what do we have in store, Jay? Um, you know, I've been picking ones that like kind of make sense, but I've started to look through this list. And there's a couple ones that I've been trying to figure out how they would get used. Okay. So, so this so, one. So, like, like a current kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like it's on the list. I'm sure he's used it. I'm pretty sure I've heard him use it. But if I'm looking at it right now, I'm like, I'm trying to concoct the scenario during a game that he would use it for. So, collared. Okay. I, I, I mean, he, he really collared that one. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to like horse collared or was it office collar? I just, I don't even know how to even like do an impression of it. It's just collared. Like it's almost just yeah. declarative, like shot collared. Like that's, a, I think it really, could be the goalie. Okay. Like the goalie catching it kind oh, of, or. Okay. All right. Like a shot on the shot on Lundquist collared aside. That, okay. I could see that. All right. I've, I mean, usually when guys take the stuff to, the, you know, when goalies take the stuff to the collar there, they usually collapse in a giant heap because I think taking a shot there has to really hurt. So uh, maybe he doesn't have to use it as often as we'd like to think he does. But that's right. We really collared this one. So there you uh-huh. go. I'm on board with that. So, all right. So like I said before, thank you so much for listening. We are almost up to episode 20. That's going to be the next one. The big two O. We are one episode away from uh, being able to drink legally. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at P Flynn hockey. You can find Jay at the roar underscore 24, and you can find our podcast at 200 foot pod, which is two zero zero F T P O D. And last time I promised you that we would have a better URL for our merchandise store. And so I have created it. So if you go online and you type in, tinyurl.com slash fur shirt so it's f-e-r-s-h-i-r-t it will take you to our merchandise store recently there was a sale i think it might be over but keep your eye out because there's some really good stuff there i actually i actually got in the mail today i bought a notebook on there that i'm going to be using and so i thought since i'm going to be using a notebook it would be good to promote the show um so take a look there there's lots of stuff there's shirts there's hoodies there's stickers if you are if you're in the baby uh if, if you're in the baby stage of your life there's even a onesie i believe so take a look there so um thank you so much for listening and have a great day see ya for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure and for sure for sure, 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 for sure.